I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. Our program here called A Fisherman's Five-Minute Look at the Book. Hey, what a blessing to be with you at this time. And instead of this five-minute look at the book deal, let's go for the Mariner's Call. Amen. Oh, this is an unusual time for us because instead of the five minutes, we have almost 15 minutes with you. The Mariner's Call. Hey, by the way, as far as the Fisherman's Five-Minute Look at the Book, if you'll call the station or uh, maybe make some contact with them, they'll tell you whether you can hear a program call that. We have five minutes, sometimes heard Monday through Friday on most of the stations, and then around the weekend period of time, the Mariner's Call. I hope we're catching you just right. I'm uh, going to look at a number of places in the Bible. The first is in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 33. We'll look at verse 29. And uh, because of the fault, the theme for this week, we think about the end of the year, we think about the emphasis upon our Savior and our Savior's birth, you know. And uh, not only do we have his birth, but, oh, but to think about his death. We think about his death. We think about the resurrection, his mediatorial uh, position. But I want to just speak practically just at this particular time about some advantages or benefits uh, in being in Christ, just being saved. Now, I know if you propose a threat uh, to the the enemy, we think about uh, the kingdom of darkness. I, I, I understand what takes place takes place. If God's really called you to be like Jesus Christ, the world hated him. So we'll get that also his followers forsook him. They denied him, died, doubted him, betrayed him. His own people had him crucified. But I'm saying this, there's more gain. <laughs> there's more advantages than there is, we think, about the negative side. And I want to talk about these advantages or these great benefits or the profit, the value, you know, uh, the gain in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just so good to be saved. If whoever can help you, please feel free to correspond with us. Our our uh, address, the uh, radio station, will give you if you correspond with them. Uh, if you have access to a computer, it's just F O M M. If you just push those little keys, that little F and that O. And then MM, all right, twice, MM, and that period, and then dot .org, org. That'll bring you directly to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries International. And leave us a note, uh, let us know. Stay away from the pictures. And uh, if you'd like to uh, take and have us pray for you or something like that, just please feel free to correspond with us. In the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 33, the first part of the verse, verse verse. 29, some benefits or some advantages of being in Christ. Is there a way to exhaust the goodness of God? Is there a way to do that? You know, when you spend a lifetime of magnifying the Savior, well, we just we just can start an eternity of just doing the same things. And there's some things about just the parts 
of God and God's character that brings joy to the heart. And the first one, Deuteronomy chapter 33, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Now, what did that say? Now, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you probably found out already I'm a dispensational teacher. I'm a dispensationalist. I'm not a hyper-dispensationalist, but I understand who's, who's talking and who he's talking to there. This is Moses talking about the children of Israel. But we, in the Old Testament, we can use Bible principles. Now, we have to go to the New Testament for doctrine because God speaks to the church in the New Testament, not to the nation of Israel. And there is a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And as far as uh, Moses is concerned, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms, more so today for the child of God, because still in God, for the child of God, we find refuge in Christ, do we not? Underneath are the everlasting arms. I have people to tell me from time to time, Brother Mon, I'm sunk. If you were to sink and you were a child of God, people would say, Brother Mon, I'm sunk financially. If we were to sink, where are we going to sink to? Let me give you some encouragement. Underneath. What, what's underneath? We sink. What's underneath? A boat, it sinks out of the ocean. It goes down, you know. What's underneath the child of God? Underneath are the everlasting arms. You know, and thinking about uh, something like that, I think about maybe the, you know, the condition of the country that I live in. There's corruptness. You know, we think about false religion. We think about uh, leadership. We think about situations, and sometimes it just gets to the, to, to the point whereby it just defeats us, my friend. But listen, uh, as far as life itself is concerned, no matter how bad it gets, underneath of the everlasting arms. Are you not listening to me? Uh, the bottom falls out underneath of the everlasting arms. In fact, it's put... Uh, I like the way it's put in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 49, not only his arms, but we think about his hands. In Isaiah 49, the writer said, can a woman forget her suckling child? Yea, they may forget. Yet God says through Isaiah, yea, I will not forget thee. And he says, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. What? The nation of Israel, what did he do? They're, they're graven upon the palms of his hands. More so, we see in the New Testament, all the doctrinal side of this. In the book of John, John chapter 10 and verse 28, it says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The next verse, out of my Father's hand. What brings you encouragement? What gives you security, preacher? In an insecure world, what's going to give me security? Knowing my Savior's hands. You remember the first thing he did after he rose? We think about, yes, we know about the ascension to the Father and so forth, but when he appeared to the disciples that was there, all of a sudden they, you know, he just appears in the room. These disciples are meeting together. they got the mullet grubs. Ooh, they don't know what to do. They didn't listen to him very well, you know. And he appears in the middle of the room, and I tell you, what, they run to the other side, and they think they see a ghost. And Jesus said, it's I. Don't you understand? Look, it's me. What did he show them? He showed them his hands, did he not? And as far as those hands were concerned, how could they know that that was Jesus' hands? His hands are different now than they were before he died. What about those hands? You said, Brother Mon, they were pierced. That's true. As far as those hands are concerned, pierced, hung on a cross, 
bleeding and dying. We think about the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is. I have safety and security in Christ because of those hands. In the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 28, there's a little thought there and a little principle. Uh, we think about the Aaronic priesthood. And as far as Aaron is concerned, the Bible says there in chapter 28, verse 29 and verse 30, it says he wore a breastplate. And this breastplate had the, we think about the, the, the members of the children of Israel. And he wore this over his heart. So we think about the nation of Israel was on the heart of this high priest as far as Aaron is concerned. I get over in the New Testament, I've wondered what Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 15 really was. It says that he is touched, speaking of Jesus Christ, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. What does that mean? All right, he was here on this earth at one time, correct? Yes. What does it mean he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities? My friend, did he ever suffer? Yes. Was he ever lonely? Yes. Did he, was he misunderstood? Yes. Was he hungry? Yes. Thirsty? Yes. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but where? Where, where was he? He was touched. He's touched where? In the heart. In the heart. There's something about knowing, and I guess it's something about as you grow in grace, you begin to have feelings about Jesus Christ. I tell you, as you grow, you begin to see that your heart, my friend, becomes big for the things of God. And you begin to have this sense of, of, of love for God that, that only a growth in grace can do. And I tell you, but the, the other side of that coin is this. <clears throat> it's something to feel and to sense that there's a love in your heart for God. But then to read in the scriptures and then to have to reveal, have revealed unto you by the Holy Spirit the fact not only do you love God, but that God loves you. And through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, there's heart involved in there. In John, for was First John chapter 4, about verse 7, verse 8, and also verse 16, it describes God as being a God of love. It's one thing that I love God, but it's another thing that he loves me in return. So I have a Savior. As far as this Savior is concerned, I have hands of security. I have a heart of love. Just, it's just so many great advantages of being in Christ. I find another statement in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10 and verse 39. It speaks of Mary. And Mary there at that particular occasion is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? She's just being instructed by him. And by the way, Jesus said that, that that's the good place. That is a good place. Mary found the good place. You know, this place we call it a place of instruction. <clears throat> I'm thankful for the men that's helped me as far as the ministry. Men that's helped me with instruction. Thinking about maybe Dr. Clarence Larkin, Dr. C.I. Schofield, men like Dr. John R. Rice, Dr. Bob Jones Sr., Dr. DeHaan, uh, Oliver Green. Many, many of the great men that's helped me as far as the Word of God is concerned. You know, But I tell you, just to sit at the feet of Jesus, though, you know, as far as the Bible is concerned, have you ever looked at it this way? It's just sitting open in the Bible and reading the Word of God is like sitting and having God to speak to you. Do you look at it that way? The advantages of being in Christ. I have a place of instruction. I have a place 
that I can be thinking about that that I need, the knowledge that I need, and then the wisdom and the understanding to be able to put this knowledge out, I find it at the feet of Jesus Christ. How encouraging it is to be in Christ. Hands of safety, a heart of love, underneath of the everlasting arms. Feet of instruction, there's no end. The book of It's the book of Luke, I believe, chapter 15. And then in verse 5, a little story is told there about a shepherd, about a sheep that's gone astray. It says in verse 5, and when he had found it, the one that went astray, he layeth upon his shoulders rejoicing. All right? The Savior is the shepherd. I, the little sheep that's gone astray. You know, how does he... You know, how does he treat us? How What's his relationship to us? Many times we think about, it said he carried it on his shoulders. You ever just got tired? And maybe you were sick? And you were just weary? And it just seemed like it's just so hard just to keep on going? I've sensed the presence of Jesus Christ around me to the point that I've sensed him carrying me. You know, we've done this. Have you ever done this with your children or with your grandchildren? Sometimes in taking little children with you and you're walking and you walk and you walk and you walk and after a while they say, I'm tired, Dad. I'm tired, Paul. Paul, I'm tired. Carry me. And, you know, I've taken my children. My wife has thrown our three children on her hip many a time. And I've carried my children. Sometimes I've carried them, I've thrown them over my neck, you know, and thrown them around the top of my shoulders. They hung and they thought they were King Kong. But to know that I have that in Christ, I have some strong shoulders. I have hands of security. And I have a heart of love and a feet of instruction and a place of strength and security in Christ. What great advantage there is in being in Christ. Have you trusted Christ? to be your Savior? If not, would you do that? His blood, my friend, is powerful enough to forgive those sins to make you a new creature. If you are saved, this time of the year especially, let's see what advantage, what gain we have in Christ. Until next week, Fisher Mund saying goodbye.